tonight we're going to talk about something that I just think is nasty, something that I do not like, uh, and something that God hates with a passion. The Bible even says he hates it. We're going to talk about gossip. How many of you uh, just don't like gossip? Throw your hands up. I, I mean, like, I don't know anybody's like, I just absolutely love it when people talk bad about me behind my back. I just think it's awesome. I, I don't think it's happening. Look, go- gossip's one of those things that I hate and I believe is very, very dangerous in people's lives. Um, everybody in this room right here, everybody, adults, to myself, to Pastor Matt, to, to the person sitting next to you, everybody here, if I was guessing, has gossiped at one time or another about somebody. I, if I, everybody in this room has probably gossiped about somebody else. But the other side of this is that great possibility, 100%, everybody in this room has been gossiped about, whether you like it or not. Because we good at it. We, we, we just kind of like it. We like it when he gets down in our bones and we talk, you know, trash about other people behind the back. A lot of times we try to do it spiritually. We great at it in church. We do it in prayer requests. I mean, gossip is just, it is everywhere. It's probably worse in the church than it is anywhere else. We just cover it up with, hey, guys, I need you to pray for Sister Susie. I heard she's running around with her husband. All right, we're going to be praying for her. You know, here's what she's doing. All right, let's just, and let me tell you where she was at last night. I mean, she was over, like, gives it all the gory details. Like, I need you to just pray. It's just unbelievable. We're, we're really, really good at manipulating gossip, and it happens on a regular basis. So here's the question of the day, and here's what everybody in this room needs to do tonight. I say this probably every single year. You need to allow God to take his divine flashlight, go into the depths of your soul, and show you your dirty, nasty tongue that needs to be washed out with soap because of gossip, right? Because I think all of us have, have the capability of doing it if we're not already doing it, which I think some way, form, or fashion most of us probably are at times. So the question of the day is, do you like it? How many of you in here like it when people gossip about, gossip about you? Anybody like it? Anybody at all? Anybody weirdos? I saw you raise your hand, Caleb. You're a weirdo. That's my son. I can tell him that. Listen, if you do, you're a sicko, there's something wrong with you mentally, and you need some help. So if you don't like it, listen to me. If you don't like it when other people gossip about you, then why do you talk about others? Why do you gossip about other people? Didn't we say yesterday that you should treat people the way you want to be treated? That's to their face, and that's behind their backs. Let me, let me give you just some, let me just give you some verses. I, I just want to read you some verses real quick that have to do with gossip. Just, 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 these are just verses that God's, God's word. These are just a few. There's a jillion of them, all right? Now, listen, there's nothing greater than getting some juicy stuff. I like the juicy stuff about other people. We're going to talk about what that, what that does to us when we get it, all right? This is what Proverbs 26, 28 says. Rumors are like dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Rumors. Everybody loves a juicy rumor. Give me more. It's like, it's like candy. The bad thing about it is it sinks deep into our heart and it gets into our bones, and we want more. I got to have more. It becomes addicting to get rumors. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. How many of you have had a best friend before and have kind of separated because you knew they were talking about you behind your back? Anybody got bold enough to say that? Right. I remember me and my wife had some really good friends, a couple, this couple uh, that we were tight with when we were years ago. And every time we were around them, they were just bashing, I mean, 
bashing everybody else that used to hang out with us on a regular basis. But to their face, they were like best friends. I mean, best friends. And I told my wife, I was, I, this, seriously, this is what I told her. I was like, if they're talking about them when they're not around, the way they talk about them to us, then when we're, when we're not around, they're bashing us the same exact way. And come to find out, what they've been saying in private came to public. They were absolutely annihilating me and my wife for no reason. It's just dumb stuff because they love to gossip. Can I go ahead and throw this out there to you? Troublemakers plant seeds of strife. You get around people who love to gossip. When you're not around, they're talking about you the same way they talk to you about others. You can go ahead and bank on it. So don't even surround yourself with people like that. This is what this Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes. Haughty. I don't know what that is, but they're haughty, all right? A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. When we gossip, we begin to devise schemes to get people on our side. Do you know that? People that devise wicked schemes. You know, and I'm going to talk more about this as we go. When you're out talking about other people and you're gossiping, you know what you want? You want people on your side agreeing with you and you're devising plans against other people, getting a team of people around you because you feel powerful when people are listening to your rumors. Why? Because it's dainty morsels to them and it's already got in your heart from other people. Feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, gossip, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community, gossip. You could just put it right there, a person who stirs up conflict in the church. You want to go that far with it? Proverbs eleven thirteen says, a gossip betrays confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps secrets. Uh-oh, we're going to come back to that. A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Chatters. So you see, these are all things that God has to say. We're going to come back to some of those here just a little bit. Listen, there are so many bad things that happen out of gossip. That's why God hates it. You know, one of the things that I see in John chapter 17, that God's main desire for people like believers, in John chapter 17, right before he goes to the cross to die, he's in the garden of Gethsemane, he's praying to God, and his conversation with God was like this. One of the things that he did in his prayer was pray for future believers. Now, what he could have prayed in John 17 for future believers, he was praying for us in John 17, future believers. All right, We are the future from where Jesus was, so he was praying for us. He could have prayed for, break, for great Bible scholars, great, great prayer warriors, great worshipers. He could have prayed for great Sunday school teachers, great pastors. But the one thing out of all the things that Jesus could have prayed for to the Father for future believers, me and you, in the garden against him, the one thing that he prayed for was that we'd be unified. Out of all the things he could have prayed for, he prayed that we'd be unified. The reason why he hates gossip, because the number one thing that gossip does is cause disunity. That's why churches split left and right all over the country, because somebody inside the church has stirred up gossip. And it's destructive, and God hates it, because it destroys the bride. And it destroys people's lives. He hates it. With a passion. Pray for unity. I really believe unity is one of the main ingredients for revival. If we don't have unity, you won't see revival. You're not going to see a movement take place. You've got to come together. That's why Jesus says that whenever we walk in our gifts and we do use them together, that we become one. Not even going to that message. Right? It's a whole other message. 
So, we see that God desires unity. Gossip breeds disunity. What, what, is, what is a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the, the, the best of friend, the friends. Troublemakers plant seeds of strife. So gossip plants seeds of strife, and it comes from troublemakers. So let's, let's think through this. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this verse. Let's break it down a little bit. So gossip plants seeds. So let me ask you a question. What does seeds do when they're planted? Huh, I'm so smart. You actually go into agriculture. Coleman's got a lot of money from agriculture. You might want to come to Coleman and do that. Listen, so what happens, let me say it out loud again. What happens when seeds are planted? They grow. You know, if you think about it, if I just play pretend like I had a seed in my hand. Just, just a seed for a tree. Now, when you, when you look at that seed, you may think like, <laughs> inside this seed, just pretend, just pretend like I got a little bitty, bitty, little bitty seed in my hand, all right? Inside this seed, there is a tree inside this seed. Isn't that crazy? That inside this seed is a tree. But you know what? It's a lot more than that. Inside one seed is a whole entire forest. Inside one seed is a forest because that tree produces more seeds. And that tree produces more seeds, but it all comes from one. And so when somebody goes and plants seeds of strife and they grow, it can, it can grow into a forest of stuff. It's just jacked up. Listen, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to think about this. Um, let's just play pretend like, I'll use Pastor Matt as an illustration. Let's just play pretend like you just absolutely love Pastor Matt, that he is absolutely wonderful. You've got no qualms with him whatsoever. You think he is absolutely wonderful. But let's just say that I came to you and told you a juicy, gigantic, huge rumor about Pastor Matt. Now here's the big picture. You're good with him. You think he's awesome. But all of a sudden, when I come to you and plant a seed of doubt, a seed of a rumor, a seed of gossip about Pastor Matt, all of a sudden, most of the time, because most of us don't put it away, most of us let our flesh allow it to grow instead of taking that seed and praying about it and putting it to death. Most of us let that seed grow, and all of a sudden, we start taking the things that I have spoken into you about Pastor Matt, and it begins to grow inside of us, and we start watching him out of one of our eyes in the area of like, mm-hmm, I wonder if he's telling me the truth about that. And all of a sudden, you start looking at Pastor Matt with a different eye. That could go for anybody in this room. When in reality, let's just play pretend like what I told you was true. Well, why aren't you a safe place? <laughs> And won't you get on your face and pray for him if that juicy morsel was, instead of going around telling other people, oh, have you heard? Listen, when we gossip, oh, here, we need to get some deep stuff. Listen to me. When we gossip about other people, it reveals our own security, insecurities and our own selfish ambitions. We really begin to gossip about other people 
It begins to reveal our insecurities and our own selfish ambitions. When we gossip, listen to me, hone in, focus. I know some of you write letters. I mean, writing letters. <laughs> that's cool. All right, hope it's encouraging. Uh, listen, if, if you're taking notes, that's good. But when we gossip, we talk about other people. It takes our eyes off of our own fallenness and our own imperfections and focuses on somebody else's fallenness and somebody else's imperfections and in turn causes us to not see our own sin. We become blind to our own fallenness and makes us feel a whole lot better of who we are and when in reality we all have issues. It takes our eyes off our own issues. It makes me feel a lot better whenever I can focus on somebody else's fallenness and somebody else's imperfections instead of looking at my own stuff that I got in my own personal life. Makes me feel like, hey, you know, I ain't as bad as Pastor Matt, man. Oh, you sure heard what Andy told me, man. Like, I mean, I know I got some stuff, but, man, the stuff he's got is like, whoa. It also reveals selfish ambition. Oh, we're about, about to get nasty. See, we all have this, this thing that hangs off our bones. That call, it's called the flesh, which is really selfishness. It's really selfish ambition. And we're cursed with it. And as long as we live on this earth, what, those of us that have the spirit inside of us should be battling against our selfish flesh. Deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me so that we can put it to death so that we can become more like Christ. Now, so all of us have selfish ambition. We should be putting it to death some way, form, or fashion. But what, when we begin to gossip or gossip all the time, it really reveals selfish ambition of wanting to get others to agree with us and take the bait of our dainty morsels that we can talk about and make ourselves look a whole lot better. What you're doing is, is you're feeding people dainty morsels. It's the bait of getting people to agree with you. The one thing that I've learned is that the more you talk about somebody, the worse it gets in you. The more you enjoy it. The more you like it. You're gossiping. And won't let it die. Listen, <laughs> and I, I'm hoping I'm not getting ahead of myself. I may have to, I may say this again. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to say it yet. I'm going to say it in just a second. The other side of gossiping is that if you're a filter for somebody to gossip to and allow people to come to you and share the good dainty morsels to you, then you're just as much at fault as the one doing it. If you're an open ear for somebody to come and speak to you, negative things about other people and you don't say a thing at all but you're giving them a platform to let their dainty morsels out and their seeds out then you are just as much at fault because you're giving that person power to continue doing it it's really really dangerous whether something is true or not you need to stay away from gossip A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps... Listen to me. I need you to focus in. Let me ask you a question. Are you, are you, ask yourself this question. Adults, students, everybody in the house. Are you a safe person to talk to? About other, if somebody could come to you about their deepest, darkest secrets, things that they're holding in that's got them in serious bondage, 
Are you safe to talk to because you're lock and key? And you're going to hold on to the things that they struggle with the most for the purpose of helping them get set free? Or are you somebody that's going to betray their confidence and spread their stuff all over the school, all over the church, all over the community? Are you safe? A gossip betrays God, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. You know what safe people do? Safe people help rebuild, revive, and restore people's lives. They, they have a passion, and they understand sin. They understand fallenness. They understand that nobody's perfect. And so they realize that sin inside somebody else, if, if you can't confess it to other people, you'll never be healed. You're as sick as your secrets. And I believe everybody's got them. And the Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16, that we should confess our sins one to each other, not standing up in front of the whole entire church. Like, whoa, somebody like, bless God, I just think that you, I think you should stand up and confess your sins to the church. All right, you believe that? Then you go first, brother. You're the first one. I'm behind you. Everybody's cool with everybody else. But that means that you don't think you got any, any junk. But you do. It says each other. Each other could be one-on-one. Everybody needs a safe place. And how do we get people set free? How do we rebuild, revive, restore people? We keep their secrets, and then we understand the importance of safety and helping others walk through difficulties, through their depravity, through temptation, through a cursed world, and they understand the importance of helping one another. And these people that are safe places, majority of the people who are safe places understand their own depravity and have seen the grace and mercy of God work in their own personal lives before if you are not a safe place, then there's a great possibility you've really never tapped into the beauty of God's grace and mercy. Never really understood it. Because when you really tap into the beauty of God's grace and mercy, you, my friend, will 100% be a safe place. A trustworthy person keeps secrets. Let me tell you something. I want you to hear me. Look at me. First thing you ask yourself, are you a safe place for other people to to get help from, get the chains of bondage off of them because you can help them walk through with Jesus what it means to get set free. Can I tell you something? Let me tell you something. I wonder how many people, you don't have to raise hands. I wonder how many people in this room have a safe place of somebody you know for 100% fact are trustworthy people that I know they are lock and key and they're throwing away the key and they're going to keep my stuff to themselves and they're not going to tell a soul. I wonder if anybody in this room has a, has a safe place. Can I, let, me, let me throw this out there to you. Let me tell you something. Listen, oh, well, I'm glad, girl, come on. I, you got a question? I, I'm just kidding. I just want to embarrass you. Listen, look at, look at me. Look at me. If you've, if you've got somebody like that in your life who is trustworthy, who is, who is safe, look at me. You found a treasure. That's a treasure. You, you found gold. You found diamonds. You found something that is very rare. Why is it very rare? Because there's not very many people who are trustworthy. Why? Because too many people are focused on themselves and love to get dainty morsels so they can go and give dainty morsels to other people and let them take the bait with them.
when you gossip, you plant seeds of discords, and all seeds do is grow. Listen, going back to, you know, a gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. If you listen to gossip, I'm going to say this again, you're just as guilty as the one gossip. Listen, I want you to listen to me. You're giving them a platform to destroy someone else's character, and it gives them more power. Do you know why people gossip? One reason. There's a million reasons, but one reason? It, there, this is in a sick, backwards kind of way. The only way I know how to say this is it makes that person feel like they're in control. It makes that person feel like they have a little power. And I want, you, I want you to hear me. The more you talk about a certain person to other people, and the more you spread that stuff, this is that whole death of lives and the power of the tongue. The more it gets in your bones, it gets deep. Isn't that what the Bible said? It gets deep in your heart. It gets in your bones to where it honestly becomes part of you. And the only person that can pull it out of your bones is God. Death and life's in the power of thought. You know, last night we talked about speaking death and, uh, I mean, speaking life into other people and what to do when death, somebody speaks death into you. But let me, let me give you another side to it. When you speak on a, regular, on a regular basis about the negative things that you think about yourself all the time on a regular basis and you really believe it, it gets in your bones and you really start believing it. If you really start saying like, man, I'm just dumb. I'm just, I'm just stupid. You're speaking death over yourself. I'm not very bright. I'm ugly or whatever. I don't know. I mean, it could be a jillion different things. That's going to get in your bones the same way it gets in your bones when you gossip about other people. It gets in your bones. Makes you feel powerful. Makes you feel like you're in control. If you don't like people gossiping about you, then you don't gossip about others or listen to it. How do you stop gossip? How do you stop it? Stop listening. Talk to the hand because the ear ain't listening. You know, I, I know that it's, <laughs> when somebody wants to start, start talking about other people, I know it's incredibly I mean, you don't want to, like, a, I mean, be mean, like, just shut up. Preacher told me last night I shouldn't be listening to gossip, and that's what you're doing. Bless God, sinner, sinner, sinner. I, I, I don't know how. you got to figure out how to walk away, how to shut it down. Maybe there is a place where you just get bold with it, like, stop, dude. I'm tired of it. Listen. This is what I think is, is what we're going to end. You can come on up here, whoever's playing Pine Anner. Come on. It's my grandpa. You just call the piano. So how do we do this? We treat people the way you want to be treated. How do you do that? Listen to me. Focus on them. You honor other people. Honor others. Such a big deal. The Bible talks about honor all through the Scripture. You, you honor your mother and your father. You, you honor authority. You honor leaders that God's placed in your life. You honor your bosses and the other people around you. 
I mean, honor is, honor is so large, and God honors you when you honor others. This is what Romans 12.10 says. Let each other, I mean let each other, let me start over again. Love each other with genuine affection. Not fake, not made up, not manipulative, but authentic and real and genuine. People can tell a fake. They can tell when you're faking loving somebody. Be real. Be authentic. Be yourself. That's what I'm telling you. When you go back to school this, this coming up week, just be you, man. Have fun. Don't, don't be a spiritual jerk. Just carry the character of Christ and walk natural in it. It's amazing how it affects people. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in it. Enjoy it. Long for it. Hunger. Be passionate about honoring each other. What produces life in you from other people? Just think about you. You ain't got to say that loud. What produces life in you from other people? What is it that people say to you that makes your spirit leap? What is it that gives you the strength to continue to move on, that makes your eyes sparkle with joy, that breathes hope and life in you, that makes you laugh a little bit or a lot? What is it that other people do for you that does all these things? They do that for other people. What makes your eyes sparkle? What makes your spirit leap? What helps you push through? Then do that for other people. It's a great way to honor people. The same way that you want to be treated, you treat other people. And here's what I would say when it comes to gossip. You honor people to their face, and you honor people behind their back. That's a trustworthy person. If you tell somebody how much you love them to their face, then destroy them behind their back, you're a liar. And God hates liars. We just got through reading it. You're a liar. If you, if you tell somebody to their face how much you love them and then you destroy them behind their back, you're a liar, number one. And you're also not living out scriptures of honoring other people. Honestly, you're a hypocrite. Hey, are, are, are you, are you kind of, I mean, like, let's just get real. I mean, this is, once again, this is just you talking to you and God, all right? Let's just get real. Are you two-faced? Just shooting straight with you. I know it's kind of hard, but are you two-faced? You know, I think all of us at times are two-faced. Let's just get down to the nitty-gritty. I think all of us at times are two-faced. I think there are times that a lot of us, maybe not all of us, maybe some of you are incredible at this and you probably need to be preaching this message. There's a great possibility there's a lot of us that speak kind words and love people to a lot of people's face. And then when we get around another group of people that really don't care much about that person, we kind of join in on the fun of tearing them down. But yet, they don't see us tearing them down because we're behind their back. But God does. And it should be something that you hate with a passion. 
should be something that you hate with a passion. With a passion. Honor. Honor people to their face and honor people behind their back. You do that kind of stuff, God going to do something with you. You find me somebody like that, I'll show you somebody that walks with Jesus because it takes the Holy Spirit's power to do that. It takes the Holy Spirit's power to do that. God hates gossip. He hates it because it breeds disunity. It causes dissension. It causes distrust with people. And it causes others to walk powerless. I'm going to say this because I'm going back to Coleman. If anybody gets mad, that's fine. I'm just going to share my, <laughs> my thoughts. You know what I'm hoping your generation does? I hope y'all are different than a lot of my generation and the generation before me. Now, the generation before me and my generation has done a, a lot of incredible, they're phenomenal in church in a lot of different ways. They do some great things. But one thing I think that we've really jacked up is the way we do church. It's a place where, and I don't know where this came from, I don't know where this mindset came, came to be and where it happened, but there's a place where we have walked into churches these days. We come through the front doors and our first thought process is, is what can this church do for me? Instead of, what can I do for this church? We got it backwards. And so what happens is, is whenever we have the thought process of what can this church do for me, and the church doesn't, doesn't make us happy with what we want it to do, because I tied to this church, and I do this for this church, and I do this for this church, and I just can't believe the pastor ain't doing what I want him to do. Which, by the way, there's 500 other people inside the church, or 1,000, or 50, or 200, that want it done their way too. So it's impossible to make all 200 people, 500 people, 50 people happy. It's incredibly po impossible. So what happens is we come into church selfish and we have this thought process of I want church done my way and then what, when we don't get it done our way, we go and find other people that have the same idea of the way we want church done and we go wrap ourselves up with the people around us that think the way we do and all of a sudden we get our little posse together and we go to the pastor and we tell him we don't like it done that way. And then we go find more people to get more of a posse with us. We get more people. Then you got this other group of people that like it the way it is. And all of a sudden, you got a faction. It all started with gossip because it wasn't done the way I think it should be done. Now, listen, if somebody's preaching heresy, dear Lord Jesus, that's just stupid. Yes, have, have conversations about that. But when you don't like the color of the carpet, or you don't like that we don't have the, the pianos out of tune, or we don't like the color of the walls, or Bless God, I can't believe we got those screens. I mean, it's, the, the, the things that, that we, my generation, bark over in church is just dumb. And it's amazing. You know, I think about Coleman, Alabama, where I'm from. I don't know anything about Florence, so I can talk about Coleman. At one time, I don't know if it's still true, Coleman had more churches per capita than any other county in the state. You know why? We have two churches on every corner because every, ch every church split. And then that church split. And then those churches split. Just because they get 
They get mad at each other. They have factions inside the church because it's just not going the way they think it should go. And we forget about that there's 60,000 people outside in Coleman County that are unchurched, that do not know Christ, but we're so worried about the color of carpet and singing the songs that we want to sing and you know, we want the kind of lights we want on, the type of Bible we want somebody to preach out of, that we miss it. There's a lost world going to hell outside of us because we're too worried about what other people think inside the church, and we want to find people on our side to get it done, and it's stupid. I just went crazy right there. I'm sorry. I just kind of wrapped that. It's stupid. And I'm hoping your generation changes it. I hope your generation's got such a heart for lost people outside these four walls that your tongue won't get loose. That God will tame your tongue because he's the only one that can do it. And it will protect your church wherever you go one day. Because bless God, they're just not doing it the way I think they should do it. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And the enemies, the enemy is winning. I'm going to take it a step further. When that kind of stuff happens inside churches, nine times out of ten, it's demonic. And nine times out of ten, that church isn't praying hardly at all. We'll pray for Aunt Sister's ingrown toenail, Aunt Sister's, Aunt Sally's ingrown toenail, but we ain't on our face crying out for God to protect us, place a hedge of protection around us, and God, we want you to move. That's another way you can use your tongue, is crying out for God to protect our church. God, we want to use, we want you to use this church. Most of the time, when that kind of stuff happens, you can go ahead and bank on it. There's not much of a prayer time and a prayer time for the church body to come together when that kind of stuff happens. So, students, your generation's coming up. Lead us. Lead us with words of life. Lead your schools with words of life. Hate gossip like God hates gossip. Carry the nature of God. Have a passion for unity. Hate factions and dissension. Don't be selfish in church, out of church, in your home, at your house, because if you do, you'll be divorced one day. Don't be selfish, which by the way, all of us are selfish. Walk in the Spirit. When you walk in the Spirit, you will be selfless. That's what God wants to do in us. So much. I'll probably talk way too much. I probably said too much on my mind. <laughs> but I'm going back to Coleman. I'm going to stop by McDonald's on the way, but it's all good. Lead us, students. Show us what it looks like to walk with Jesus. You know what the Bible says, the young will lead the old. And I'm believing this generation can lead us. Show us what it looks like to be passionately in love with Jesus. Show us what it looks like to pursue the heart of God. Show us what it looks like, Luke 9, 23, to lay down our lives, pick up our cross daily and follow Him. Show us what it looks like to lose our life, to gain our life. Show us what it looks like to be the church. Show us what it looks like to be passionate about lost people outside these four walls and go get them. Show us what it looks like. Lead us.